This week on Planet Internet's Eat the Rich, we're talking layoffs and payoffs at Booking.com and American Airlines, the massive petition to stop Jeff Bezos from returning to Earth. We're assessing the fallout from China's ban on crypto mining, and we're looking at the latest updates to TikTok for single people Tinder. And last but not least, last but not least, we'll be reviewing our favorite tech stories, apps, products, and podcasts for our Hacker Noon review segment. So make yourself a fresh cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and enjoy. I'm your host, Natasha Nell. I'm Amy Tom. And I'm Ellen. And this is Canada's Net. Welcome, everybody, and thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. First up, big news in the U.S. this week. American Airlines has canceled pretty much everyone's flights owing to staff shortages. This is after they laid off most of their employees during the pandemic. Meanwhile, the CEO takes home a casual 10 million in USD last year after spending most of his spare time lobbying for 3 billion USD in bailout money, only 400 million of which was spent on payroll because, as aforementioned, they laid laid off most of their staff. So let's go to our newest and most special guest on today's episode of Planet Internet, Ellen Stevens. Welcome to the show. We are extremely excited to have you with us today. You're based in Canada, right? What have you heard of this American Airlines debacle? Sure. So what I heard was it sounded like he made it seem as though because the shares had fallen in value, so had his income um, or payout. And by the sounds of it, because there were there was lobbying done and things like that, the payout was still actually quite quite significant. And it just it doesn't look it doesn't look very sophisticated when you have a company that is, is laying people off. It's essentially ruining people. this this pandemic is ruining people's lives and then you you have CEOs uh, that seemingly still want to cash in as much money as possible uh, i just it doesn't look it doesn't look great yeah the optics are, are not ideal that's that's and what sure. i think is interesting is that when we look at this article it lists the people in power and how much their payout actually was and it's like in the millions all of these people ooh, are white men, except for one who is a white female who took home the least amount, which was still $2.8 million. <laughs> but I think I thought that was interesting. And I just think people shouldn't be able to have that much money because the more money you have, the more greedy you get, the more power you have. I doubt that Doug Parker, who took home $7 million, donated any of that to charity or to a good cause. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's interesting to see this play out when greed takes over, greed and Yeah, so usually when it comes to evaluating someone's wealth, I do think in some cases it's done a little bit um, 
kind of in an unfair way. So they'll consider how much shares a person might have in a company. And those shares can always go up, but they can always go down as well. But here we're talking about actual payout. So it does seem ironic on the backdrop of what's going on in terms of this pandemic for a lot of people. I'm not sure I would be super comfortable <laughs> taking a, a, such a payout in, in, in such an instance, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not a wealthy person. Absolutely. This story reminded me of the ongoing drama with Booking.com unfolding here in Europe. I wonder if this has at all been a story in the US or Canada, but in summary, Booking.com has been publicly shamed into repaying 110 million USD that it received in aid from multiple governments across its multiple office locations after Dutch politicians noticed that Booking.com CEO and CFO had compensated themselves over 32 million. Then last week, Italy announces they're investigating Booking.com over suspicion of 180 million dollar tax evasion so things are just a big greedy hot mess over at booking.com amy have you heard about this do you use booking.com will you continue to use booking.com Ooh, okay amazing questions i had not heard about this i'm in canada and i looked it up actually booking.com if you didn't know is based in amsterdam which i did not know so i think that this booking.com drama is much more prevalent in europe right now than it is in north america at least from my standpoint i had not heard of this but i have used booking.com many times in the past i backpacked through Asia and Australia in 2019. So I pretty much almost exclusively used booking.com or hostel world. Yeah, I don't know. To steal, to basically steal that much money for yourself is wild, especially considering, again, like global pandemic vibes and the fact that a lot of these employees probably got laid off and you're taking home $32 million is ridiculous. Glenn Fogel and David Golden are also white men for the record, which is uh, wild. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't think I will use it again. I don't really, I just, people shouldn't have this much power and this corporate corporation shouldn't have this much power too. I guess booking.com really is one of the world's biggest players and to even be able to have that much money to take is wild. So yeah, I don't think that this should be a thing. I think p there should be more blockers in place. Like, not necessarily from like government. I don't know how that would work. Now I'm just rambling, but yeah. There is one government that's very good at regulating things, but we'll get to that story in just a little bit involving crypto and China. Last story on the Eat the Rich theme. Before we get to that, though, arguably the world's most hated CEO, Jeff Bezos, has garnered how many signatures on a petition? I think we're over 100,000 to stop him from returning to Earth after his little visit to space. Yeah, what's your hot take on, on these developing stories? Are we finally on the cusp of a class war? Yes. I think, too, like, you also take into account the fact that in 2020 like more there's more prevalence to racial awareness as well there's more prevalence to eating the rich there's more prevalence to the gap of poor versus rich and all of these things combined together and so 
the more like angry people are going to get about the fact that like Jeff Bezos or these other CEOs are taking all of this money for themselves, the more riot potential there will be or class war potential there will be. Yeah. And I also just think it's funny to imagine like Jeff Bezos going up into space for his 11 minutes and then just being like, oh, actually, guys, I got to get off here. <laughs> Hold on, can you just draw me off real quick? I'm not allowed to come back. <laughs> the petition has spoken. Absolutely. And on, on your theme of the patriarchy and that involvement in this late capitalism phase that we find ourselves in and all this backlash against CEOs and rich people, I've been as using TikTok just far too much. And an interesting sort of trend of videos that I've been seeing is men coming out with an enhanced understanding of how they themselves have been oppressed by the sort of patriarchy under capitalism and how it has actually forced them to internalize all of their emotions and behave a certain way. And the awakening, as a lot of people have called our post-pandemic world, has been strong. And I don't know if in your circles you have similar vibes going on. Uh, in, in my circle, I think I think the common perspective these days does seem to be that there co continues to be obviously inequality in a lot of different ways. I think in some ways it's getting better. Obviously, women didn't have rights for a long period of time, and now a lot more women do, at least in some parts of the world, thankfully. But definitely, my circles, whatever they may be, are, are aware of all these things that are happening, and it's at the forefront of discussion, for sure. Yeah, I don't, I, I think it's, it's strange. Uh, it's hard for me to really imagine what it would be like to have that sort of wealth. I understand that sometimes that wealth is put into things like investments, but uh, to own four different houses and random <laughs> artifacts. I'm sure Jeff Bezos has more than four houses. <laughs> yeah. So at which point do you just uh, become a little uncomfortable? Uh, like, I understand you might buy like a home for a family or for kids, or but, but at which point do you look around and, and think... Do I need this? So, you know, that's a question I have for exactly. the healthy humans out there. <laughs> 100%. And who else is a wealthy human who is acquiring massive amounts of property? I think he's in the top four or five property owners in the US is Bill Gates. And I had actually posted on Instagram the other day that I'm sure he's really happy that we've all been so distracted by those 5G nanorobot trackers in our vaccines because... He has been, meanwhile, quietly just buying our property and establishing through lobbying and all other kinds of data ownership and autocracy, pretty much control over the global food system, which is mildly concerning. And I don't know how many people are really talking about that. So exactly what you're saying. It's crazy. Yeah. And like to think to you, okay, I hope that I'm articulate on this subject, but the fact that all of these people in power who are billionaires are white men is an issue because there are there's no extra diversity in people who are have this kind of money who have the kind of power to sway decisions to make a change to send people to space with 28 million dollars like it's wild think of how much 
you could do with that money if you were going to be using it for a different cause. And I'm not saying that these white men have causes that are not important. Um, They're important to them. But if you were to have a black woman in power or if you were to have an Asian woman in power, they would have different causes that are important to them. But to have this disparity where only white men have power and riches and are going to care about the causes that white men care about is it just further perpetuates the circle of diversity issues and yeah how can we help people who are less deemed less important quote unquote to society to invest into their causes or to garner more attention to the things that they're working on instead of giving all of this power to Amazon or to all of these people who have the money already yeah just uh, to play devil's advocate a little bit there are people who are extraordinarily wealthy that are not white men (laughs) yes for sure yeah i feel like majority of them are i don't know it just feels like that maybe it's media perception as well like maybe we're only reporting on these people like maybe it's me too because like we're reporting on these white men who are technologists and technologists in general are more skewed towards male than female so that right there i like this point i think so uh, this idea of stem being optional and i understand kind of the mentality behind that but i do think there should be quite a large initiative to inspire young women and people from all walks of life and genders and whatever you identify as or are whatever. This idea to to make STEM a little bit more exciting and start very young to inspire people to be just naturally more interested in that because it's it's gonna it is a very important part of our lives and so I think that's a very important point. I don't know like how in in North America for example in in Canada there there does need to be probably a revamping of what is a focus in education Mm -hmm. so definitely that's a great point it does seem that if you come up with some sort of technological what do you call it innovation or or new technological thing your rise to wealth becomes very fast so Mm -hmm. yes more women in stem please (laughs) yes agreed very agreed (laughs) I'm just searching on Hackanoon now for stories on STEM. Looks like we've got quite a good couple worth reading. Some of them are on STEM cells, which is not the same thing. But- it's still in the STEM category. Touche. <laughs> All right, moving on to our next subject for today. Bitcoin dips sharply as China broadens ban. Uh, this has been covered wide here on CNBC. We have the headline, Bitcoin sinks to two-week low as China intensifies crypto mining crackdown. So I don't have too much to say by way of explanation on this. Reading from the story, Bitcoin fell as low as 31000 on Monday morning, dropping below $32,000 for the first time since June 8th. China's crackdown on cryptocurrency mining has extended to the southwestern province of Sichuan, according to reports. The People's Bank of China said Monday it had urged Alipay and some major banks to crack down on crypto mining. So that's not looking good. And just from a personal perspective, I went all on in, on Bitcoin, all in on Bitcoin, back when everybody else did. And it's 
just not been going very well for me. So <laughs> that's where I stand on this. Anybody want to jump in with a more technical explanation of what the hell's going on here? Wait, you haven't made any money yet? I don't think so. I still have to do the conversion between the euros and the dollars, but mm-hmm. it's looking pretty similar to me, maybe two or three dollars up or down, mm-hmm. one of the two. Interesting. I, okay, I've discussed this many times on the podcast that investing gives me anxiety. <laughs> so I have not invested in Bitcoin, crypto, or anything of the, but I think this is interesting that like it dips down, it dipped down so significantly. Does the article talk about why? So let's have a look. Basically, I think that this is similar to Elon Musk's energy consumption concerns. Mm. I'm air quoting for our audio listeners. I think that it's probably a massive player in the global scale. And that's, this is just a vote of no confidence. When China sneezes, Bitcoin catches a cold, but this flexing of regulatory muscle is often just that. In the past eight years, the story has risen its head at least three times. The writer here pointing to how many times we've had to go through this emotional roller coaster. So yes, China's crackdown appears to have led to a significant decline in Bitcoin's harsh hash rate or processing power, which has fallen sharply in the last month, according to data from blockchain.com. An estimated, there you go, an estimated 65% of global Bitcoin mining is done in China. So (laughs) that'll explain that. It's not good. It's not good, not good for Bitcoin. Okay, I did not know that. I didn't know that That either. That was a significant amount. A large percentage. Yeah. So no wonder they have such a sway of the market, their majority. That's interesting. China's got a lot of people, a lot of people. So if they don't like Bitcoin, Bitcoin's going to have to figure something out. (laughs) Majority wins. Majority wins. Mm. Speaking of liking people, changes at Tinder wants you to actually match to actually talk to people before you match with them, according to The Verge. Reading from the Morning Brew newsletter, yesterday, Tinder announced some of the biggest changes since its 2012 launch to adapt a pandemic-altered dating landscape. Some new features include video. Tinder is letting users attach up to nine short videos to their profiles. Explore, which is a mode that lets you scan the virtual room before going in and striking up a conversation. And this is my personal favorite, hot takes. Users can discuss (laughs) their spiciest opinions before matching, which is available oddly between 6 p.m. and midnight on weekdays. I don't know why they've set a time limit on that functionality. (laughs) But Amy, I know you're a Tinder super user. What's your sort of gut response to this update? (laughs) <laughs> oh my god, I never want to be called a Tinder super user. <laughs> I'm dying. I thought you'd like that. I thought you'd like that. That's so funny. Okay. Well, I should I have actually... not used Tinder in a long time, like six months. I'm really more on the hinge game now, Natasha. Gotcha. Tinder, listen, here's the thing. Tinder men 
are not okay. It's not okay. <laughs> the landscape over there is not okay. So we are we are boycotting that personally. But I think, I don't know, the option to add videos, I always remember that there was the option to add videos, but maybe now they're doing like audio vi- video, like adding the audio component in, which would make it more like TikTok-y and more appealing to Gen Z. Z. The thing I think is interesting about the video though is uh, I remember a few months ago my friend sent me a article about a new dating app that was being created that specifically targets Gen Z people that was solely videos. So it was like basically TikTok is exactly like TikTok except you swipe right or left on their video. I was like I would never do that. I don't know I would never regard record a video with audio. I'm a podcaster. I love to talk. I would never do that. <laughs> but you have just launched this week Hackanoon's TikTok presence. How can you say you would never record yes. a video with audio? There is a very no, no, no. for dating NFTs. Okay, fair enough. Well, I don't want anyone to swipe right or left on that NFT video. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Ellen, do you use Tinder or TikTok? Or Hinge? Uh, No. Yeah, I question Tinder. I question the motivations there a little bit. And uh, yeah, TikTok, there was a bunch of security um, issues with TikTok. So I haven't um, dived into that whole thing. There's a meme, uh, though, that I'll share. And it shows a bunch of senior citizens sitting around the table. And the headline reads, Millennials Discussing TikTok. So that's how I feel um, about TikTok a little bit. But I did see Amy's TikTok and I support it. I think it's great. I saw it on Instagram, but uh, make sure to follow us on both Instagram and TikTok. Also, for the record, there was a comment on the TikTok about me having a mustache. I do not have a mustache, everyone. It was the lighting. Thank you very much. I'm dying. (laughs) I laughed for half an hour about that. Yes, we do read the comments. Yeah. (laughs) Hello, there are real humans behind this screen. (laughs) Brilliant. I like this from the Verge article on the Tinder update. None of these features will be behind a paywall, much like Hackanoon. If you haven't yet, you can download our free the internet Chrome extension, which allows you to track and exclude paywalled sites from your search results. Shameless plug happening now. Anyway, moving on to our final segment for today, Hackanoon Reviews, uh, which is used to be called Hackanoon Recommends. But the other day, Lee Mark said Hackanoon Reviews, and it just sounds so much better. What do you think? Love it. Great. Great. We're going with Hackanoon Reviews. It's now a thing. I'm making it happen. So (laughs) we're going around the room and we're talking about our favorite uh, Hackanoon story of the week. And then we're also mentioning our favorite tech product app or podcast. So basically hyping whatever is sparking joy for us on planet internet this week. I'll go first this week. I am hyping the Polar Vantage M2 Sports Watch. I've had the privilege of reviewing it this week. There'll be a post up on Hacker Noon about it tomorrow. So check that out. If you subscribe to the Tech Brief, you'll probably get it because it'll definitely be a top story. Essentially, this watch has 
revolutionized my relationship with my own sleeping patterns by providing me with so much data. I'm geeking out about it. It tells me essentially how many breaths I take each night, how many sleep really? cycles. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like heart rates, breathing rates, all of these cool, very geeky type statistics and things that you can use to assess how much rest you got with the premise being that your recharge rate can be measured and then you can decide how you're going to spend your energy the next day, which I just think is such a great way of approaching your exercise schedule, for example. They also have this really cool running program template and you can actually set up a training plan and then it integrates with your watch and you can just follow the program on your watch. So it's very cool. It's not a smartwatch, so it doesn't have all the distractions. It just has kind of like this focus on your body and your training, which is really cool. The only thing I'd say it's missing is like a place where I can input what I'm eating. Then it would be a fully holistic nutritional sort of tool. But yeah, I maybe oh, that's, that's interesting. It's that not is, a smartwatch. It's not a smartwatch. Yeah, it's a multi-sport watch. Okay. So it does not have all of your apps and that kind of thing. You can't check your your calendar in a way that includes meetings. Oh. It just has your training what about program. Notifications? No, nothing like that. No. I think you could set alarms and things, but it's not going to send you notifications of your messages. It has Spotify integration and GPS, but it doesn't have calendar or uh, anything that I have on my Apple watch. So that's not what it's about, but it's a very cool watch. So I can recommend. Then I'm hyping in terms of stories on Hacker Noon this week. It's an oldie, but a goodie. And I'm doing it because of our special guest this week. Ellen Stevens wrote this awesome piece called Biohack, Ooh. a super you. <laughs> Thank you. oh my god it's your piece yeah I really liked the story I actually went back to it the other day because I was looking for nutritional advice and I remembered that you had written this piece and it's got so many great resources in it in terms of what your daily vitamin intake is at Harvard recommended by Harvard and it's got a table you can use to see sources of that and how to get it in. And it's just really great. I think this article is, is so comprehensive and also so simple and well-written and easy to understand. But at the same time, from a writing perspective, it really nails the disclaimer language, which I think is always so hard to do, especially when you're writing around difficult topics and controversial topics like nutrition or anything these days, really. This article really nails the approaching nutrition and your body from an individual there is no one size fits all perspective so do check that out it's called biohack a super you part one looking forward to part two ellen just a little side note there a little slight side note just a subtle hint but yeah it was a great piece and you're a great writer so thank you for that on hackernoon.com amy what are you hyping up this week Okay, so I just used a vacuum that is the kind that is attached to the wall, like you pull it out of the wall, which is not a new piece of technology, but I've never used it before, and I'm so hype on it because I love cleaning tech. I'm obsessed with vacuuming, um, and it was like, it was beautiful, guys, because I felt like there was no motor in the, like, the vacuum when I was holding it, when you can feel the vacuum going, I couldn't feel the vacuum going because it was all in the wall. It was beautiful. And yes, I'm obsessed with vacuuming and loved the vacuum in the wall. I will, I would love to have that in my future house. So that's where I'm at with my tech piece of like tech 
tip that I wanted to give is that I just discovered, speaking of TikTok, I just discovered that via Instagram, it's way easier to record a TikTok and save it and then upload it to TikTok than it is to natively record in TikTok. It took me so long to make that NFT video, guys. <laughs> but in Instagram, the UI is much better. So do it in Instagram first, then upload it to TikTok. So yes. are you creating a reel? Yes, basically you're creating a reel that. and then saving it and then putting it up as a TikTok Tip. UI is much easier to use. Yep. So you mean the Instagram UI? Yeah. Yes, the Instagram UI. So instead wow. of wasting two hours trying to figure out how to navigate the TikTok UI, I will now be living on Instagram instead. So that is my tech tip of the week. And then I also want to throw over to this article that I edited this week, which I thought was super interesting. It's about the elimination of passwords. Essentially, he was talking about how, like, in 1961, passwords launched and someone, someone was just like, hey, maybe we should have passwords. And then everyone was like, cool, let's do it. And then now that we are in 2021, everyone's wow, look at all these problems with passwords that nobody thought about. Maybe we should just eliminate passwords and move over to other authentication methods that are not password-based, like implementing more things that have to do with 2FA or multi-factor authentication. Or I think what's interesting is like the rise of digital identity and like having a almost like a digital passport or something that just authenticates you without having to use a password so you can authenticate on any website. So very interested to see how the future of security and authentication and passwords comes into play. And yeah, I thought this article is really interesting question for both of you on that i think it was at a hacker noon event we had in london two years ago pre-pandemic that we met somebody who had chips in his hand with which he could pay and unlock his car and do a bunch of things would you get that done whoa question. that's like black mirror shit right. no that scares me <laughs> it's interesting right now i have for example my watch can unlock my phone if i have a mask yeah. on and my face can't unlock my phone so there's those kinds of things and i do notice how convenient i find apple pay to be and if i could just walk out of the door knowing that i've got everything on me and not have to do the wallet cell phone check like you mm. know um, I'm for definitely for the idea of having it in the watch format i'm not so for the idea of embedding it into my skin Got you. Yeah, that's where I you think, lose me. I think it's probably the future, but I don't like it. I think there are places already that workers have to do that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah, I think I've read something. I want to say it's in China. Maybe it's, I have to double check what the article was. Regardless, I don't like the idea of being chipped and monitored. It is not something that I'm super comfortable. It just seems, it's not like, th there was a few article, good articles about uh, actually cyber and just security in general. But even if you're a person that has nothing to hide, there's all sorts of different things that can happen that people can take your information, monitor it, and whomever is monitoring this information could either be a good person or a bad person. So it's quite a lot of data that you're likely transmitting if you have a chip 
inside you. And it's already, mm-hmm. you know, pretty creepy with apps and, and phones and things like that. The amount of actually there is an article um, recently that was published uh, on Hacker Noon. I think it's called Why Your Location uh, Matters. I hope you guys can't hear my stomach making noise. Yeah, it's that's a good piece. It, it talks about how I think when you post a photo on Facebook or something of that nature, the there's information associated with the photo as to your general location or something of that nature. So if you don't clean that, it allows whomever knows about how to access this information to know roughly where you are. There, are, it does creep me out. Uh, quite a bit. <laughs> so, yeah, I hear you. And as an African, I've got to say that it's the first thought that comes to my head is that now the things that get stolen back home are my cell phone and properties that are not a part of my person. So what gets what becomes the target when the authentication is in me or the money is in me somehow. That's true. <laughs> that's, that's badly articulated, but you know what I'm trying to say without grossing anybody out. I'm just like, I go straight to that possibility. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's you're like, but then fun. you're like, take it out of my wrist. Yeah. I have come nothing on, to offer. Come and no get leverage. me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so Ellen, do you have any favorite stories from Hack and this week or tech products, apps, anything you want to hype up? The only product I just wanted to give Natasha a shout out is probably Notion because I've been using it and it's been working. So good job, Notion. And with with respect to the article, so this is something I've been a little obsessed with. There's a piece called How to Hack a PC's Webcam and Mic Using Ninja as Spyware. And so a lot of (laughs) A lot of people make fun of me for having tape over my cameras. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'd like them to reconsider making fun of me uh, because here's a piece written describing how to do just that. So it does happen. It's okay to leave uh, a piece of tape on your camera because if you're getting undressed and the camera is pointing at you, then who knows who may be watching that. Maybe you're into public display, maybe you're not, but regardless, you probably want that done if you approve it, uh, not someone just randomly watching you. <laughs> uh, at least <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, yeah, this brilliant. is Ellen's PSA. It's okay to have tape over here, Mike. Way to make a point. <laughs> Way to make a point, yeah. Ellen. I love it. I think you heard it first Fair in Hack Noon. How to hack a PC's webcam and mic using Ninja as spyware. It was published on June 18th on hackanoon.com. Get in there or skip reading the article and just go straight to putting tape over your webcam. I know it's the first thing I'm going to be doing when we're done here. So thank you so much, Ellen, for that tip. Any other hot tech tips this week? Any other general life tips? Anything, parting words? Anybody wants to share with our humble audience before we go? Ling just sent me a, a video on Instagram this morning, and it was Kristen Bell and Jimmy Fallon talking singing a song about petting dogs and it was delightful everyone should watch it that's all i got (laughs) who doesn't need Uh, that i just uh wanted to quickly say 
right now we have a small mini thank you contest happening for our whomever, members, just visitors, etc. And what you have to do is go over to DIG and submit either your article that you've written or just an article that you like. Uh, there's instructions. You'll be able to find our contest. It's uh, called Do You Dig Free Gear? And we're essentially giving away a few t-shirts. So you get entered into a draw and then if you're lucky, you will get a Hacker Noon t-shirt. So that's our little thing that's happening. It goes uh, on to the 28th. Um, so if you go to add Hacker Noon contests, just at the actual at the actual like uh, account, you'll be able to see it. So yeah, I'm just currently directing. Oh, there we go. Scroll down a little bit. I'm just directing Natasha. We're out oh, there. It is. <laughs> so, Perfect. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit we'll of throw a, that link in the show notes then absolutely for our audio listeners we're looking at hackernoon.com forward slash you forward slash hackernoon contests it's a great place to find out about all of the writing contests that we're running at the moment and thank you and that's a, a really great plug because for example in the velo by wix writing competition four thousand two hundred and fifty dollars was up for grabs in monthly story. Yeah, check out the dig story on that profile and find out how you can get in on some winning action. I think that's it from us this week on Planet Internet. Thank you so much for listening. Please do hit like, share, subscribe, whatever you need to do to help us out. Spread the word about this week on Planet Internet. We'd really appreciate it. I'm Natasha and that's it from us. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Ellen, for being here. And thank you to Alex for editing the episode. That's right. Thank you to our podcast editor, Alex Cobb. We appreciate you and everything that you do and every that you edit out. You are (laughs) our hero. (laughs) All right. Bye, everybody. See you on the internet. Bye. Bye.